Welcome to the Medal of Honor podcast. This is Tiffany Marchink, your host. The Medal of Honor podcast is comprised of veteran stories of personal strength, courage, and perseverance. When looked up in Webster's Dictionary, the definition we find for medal with two T's is vigor and strength of spirit or temperament. Another definition in there says staying quality or stamina. It also says it's a quality of temperament or disposition. These are veterans who embody that. This is the podcast for veterans, and these are their stories. Hi, this is John McCaskill, recently retired Navy SEAL commander. I just wanted to say uh, what an honor it was to serve as a as a service member within the Navy and, uh, and what an honor it is now to be a veteran serving my fellow veterans in the nonprofit space. Thank you to all those who serve, uh, or have served in, in or out of uniform as a, as a service member or as a family member. So thank you to all the veterans out there and we remember and honor you. Thanks. When I was looking through and talking to recruiters, uh, the only ones I was really interested in were either the Navy and the Marine Corps. Um, and, you know, just happened after talking to several of them. Uh, you know, I, I went in blindly, like every, you know, 17-year-old kid talking to a recruiter. And I told them, well, I want to join the Marines or the Navy. And I want to be in uh, either computers or business. And uh, Marines weren't willing to guarantee a job. And the Navy was. And... You know, they told me, he's like, hey, you should be a yeoman. You know, they're in offices. You know, they're like business. You'll, you'll love it. It's like, okay, not a problem. You know, that's exactly right up my field. I, I, want, I joined the service because uh, in high school, I came from a middle or income family who uh, you know, had no money uh, for college or anything like that. Uh, education wasn't even a uh, wasn't even huge uh, matter for my family. Um, but it was, it was important to me. And so I wasn't athletic enough. I wasn't smart enough to give me scholarships. Um, so, I, I, you know, my dad, my grandfather were both in the Navy. Um, so I decided I was going to join the service. And uh, no rank in boot camp to, you know, got E2 promotion out of boot camp for being one of the top recruits. Made E3 on time and timing just worked out that I, I passed my test. And so pretty much 18 months, I went from E1 to E4. Uh, I was also doing great job. And I... Uh, was coming up close to thinking about you know my next move and you know, education was still important to me so I applied and was taking a couple night classes in the meantime I found out about officer programs you know so I, I joined the Navy um, being yeoman is nothing like being in business it's more like being a glorified secretary or an admin person but I did uh, a little over four years enlisted uh, during the first uh, couple years I went from E1 and then after uh, becoming an officer in NFO, tough and busy at times. I've done a million different things. I've got over 2,000 hours flying in the P-3 Orion, two years aboard an aircraft carrier at a ship's company launching and recovering aircraft, along with what's called the TAO, Tactical Action Officer. Been on amphibs with Marines, um, you know, supporting their, their deployments and movements you know, off of LHDs, LHAs and LPDs. Uh, so the amphibious class uh, ships. Yeah, and then come 2000, December 2019, actually, I'll go back. Yeah. Summer of 2015 or 2016, the next promotion board came up 
and I just didn't happen to make the cut. There was uh, three levels. There's you know, being selected for department head operational, department head training, or not being selected at all. I was unfortunately selected for the middle one, which is department head training. And the only problem with that is that's kind of a death sentence for an officer. Um, so it means I was now what's called a terminal 04. So I was going to be retiring as a lieutenant commander after 20 years. My chances of making commander or going up higher were less than 10%. So I completely um, had to do a 180 shift. Uh, I was extremely depressed for a while because I'd done everything in the Navy that I was supposed to do. I was, you know, what we call an EP sailor. I met, you know, top two or three of everything I've done. Um, you know, and just, you know, timing and everything happens and I wasn't selected. So at that point, uh, after sucking my, uh, licking my wounds, uh, I started saying, hey, in four years, I'm going to be retiring. So now's the time to start to focus on me, you know, and what I got to do to retire. Um, so I started reaching out to every one of my friends that retired or got out, talked to them, had great advice about VA and transitioning and networking, you know, and, and I started getting on LinkedIn about three years away from retirement, uh, you know, and, and just mainly reaching out to my military network first. And then about the year and a half mark out from retirement, I met uh, the USO Pathfinders and Michael Quinn, uh, who does a LinkedIn, uh, master LinkedIn networking course. Uh, and my entire trajectory skyrocketed after that. Uh, so I learned how to network. I learned how uh, the ins and outs of LinkedIn, not just building a profile, but actually how to find people, find companies, conduct informational interviews, you know, and, and building that network. And the network is what helped me land my position at Bank of America, uh, where I work today through a global technology and operations military development program, which is a two-year internship. Where I'm, in a, I'm currently spending my first year, roughly year and a half, in the operations side of the house, and I'll spend my next year in the technology side of the house, all kind of doing various different things, a little bit of project management, a little bit of organization management. Um, you know, and, and the entire transition process of the last four years was very hard and, and not easy because, you know, going losing your identity, being forced out of the Navy, you know, I wasn't ready to leave. I was, I was, I was happy. I was enjoying it. I was looking forward to another you know, five, ten more years. Uh, and being forced out and losing kind of that identity was was very hard on myself. Uh, but luckily, I had good support from my wife in a great organization called Operation Uniform, which helped me learn my value and, and properly prepared me for the interviews leading up to all my jobs, uh, all my job applications, and then my eventual job at Bank of America. P3 Orion, uh, so it's a large four-prop uh, aircraft that is, its primary uh, role is uh, anti-submarine warfare. So we would go out, search, track, uh, locate, and attack, you know, submarines. But due to, you know, 
um, a lot of our roles turned to overland what's called ISR, Intelligence Surveillance and Reconnaissance Missions. So we did a lot of looking for targets and or doing convoy escorts for the Army and Marines, you know, looking for IEDs in the road and in disturbed land, you know, doing our job to, if we're not looking for bad guys to take out, we're looking for, you know, uh, disturbances in the road to prevent good guys you know, from not being able to get home. What does it mean to be a veteran? To me, to be a veteran is to be part of something much bigger than myself. And when I enlisted in 1997, I saw it as an opportunity to improve myself, to get some direction, to travel the world, and have some great adventures. And that's what it's been. And also being a veteran is the willingness to sacrifice some of the more common comforts in order to be part of that mission. Being a veteran is also meant being willing to sacrifice it all for the greater good. So I, uh, I applied and was an alternate for an officer uh, college prep course called BOOST, which stood for Broaden Opportunity for Officer Selection and Training. And uh, two months before the class classed up, I got a phone call saying, hey, you know, are you still interested? And I went from being on the alternate list to the uh, you know, selected list, which was amazing. So after a very hard academic year, uh, I then attended Florida A&M University, uh, and uh, you know I have to give a shout out to uh, HBCUs for giving me an opportunity when no other college would. Uh, I was accepted to Florida A&M. I attended full time for two years, and then transferred over to Florida State. And the only reason I transferred to Florida State is uh, they had a real estate degree, so now I could do the finance and real estate bachelor, double bachelors. 
graduated out of there. Uh, and then I got selected for uh, aviation pipeline. So I was selected as a naval flight officer. And after two years in flight school, I earned my wings of gold and uh, got to fly in the P-3 Orion uh, for about the next uh, roughly 15 years. While in college, I met my wife. I had a son, got married, then got my commission. You know, eventually got a master's degree in operations management from University of Arkansas, all online, on the Navy's dime. So, you know, I, I originally joined the Navy with the plans to get an education. Uh, I had one plan to go overseas, apply again when I was enlisted uh, for an officer program, you know, hoping that would look better. And if I didn't pick up an officer program by then, I'd come back to the States, probably either get out or do a couple more years and, you know, go get my education. So I've, I've more than well met and exceeded my initial reason why I joined the military. Coming from a military background, I've seen the sacrifice of my father as he served in Vietnam and my brother as he served in Afghanistan and other family members as they served stateside. They all gave up something in service to our country. That old saying, all gave some and some gave all, that means a lot to me. And I thank you, each and every veteran who has served, is serving now, or that will serve. We have the freedoms in our country because of you. May we never take that for granted. God bless each and every one of you. The first thing that comes to mind when I think of being a veteran is sacrifice. Because you sacrifice a lot. And if you're out there trying to raise a family while in the military, they also sacrifice a lot. Um, and I would also say pride. Because when I look at the faces of my family as they talk about my career, and, and I know how very proud they are of me, that gives me great joy. And for every soldier that served with me, um, thank you. Thank you. Because you contributed to my career. And if you're serving today, I commend you. And I would say, do not be a 60% soldier. Be 100% every day. So when you look at the mirror at the end of the day, you also have pride. I would say to you, be safe. And God bless. So for me, my, you know, it's always been my. It, for me, it was it was my wife and kids. Uh, I knew that I just couldn't sit in a you know roll up into a ball and, and hide in the corner, you know, because I still had, you know, young children at the time. You know, they're now nineteen, fifteen. You know, so you were saying this was probably back when they were you know, fifteen and eleven. Um, you know, I still had to think about getting them through college. I had to think about my wife, you know, providing for my family. Um, so I could have, I could have easily, you know, rolled up into a ball. But that's actually the, the you know, the, the same time I was finishing my master's degree, and I was like, all right, so how do I make myself better? Um, also, I had good friends that and mentors that sat down and said, you know, hey, this really sucks that it happened to you, but you know. It, it happens to the best of us, you know, and sometimes it's just timing. Sometimes it's, you know, there, there's people that probably didn't do as good as me and uh, the right timing squeaked by. And, you know, I'm just a perfect example of, you know, that was, I was part of a large group of people that, 
you know, did all the right things and we just didn't make it through. We didn't make the cut. Um, it's all supply and demand. You know, do, you know how, how, many, how many people do, does the military need right now? Well, you know, things are winding down a little bit and, and the, the demand was, was low. You know, I don't, I don't hate the Navy for it. I don't discredit them, but you know, if it wasn't for my mentors, my wife, uh, you know, really helping me out. And, you know, my wife had to listen to me moan and complain, you know, at, at night and say, why me, boo-hoo. But, you know, she never lost faith in me. She knew I was a great person. She knew I would recover. You know, give me a, give me a good week and, you know, self-pity. And uh, I was right back at it. My, I've always been a challenge person. Every time I turn around, I'm looking for a new challenge. Um, you know, and, and every time I achieve a challenge, or don't achieve, you know, I, I look for either how to fix it, repair it, or, or continue on and do better. And so that was, that was a lot of the things that really helped me. And then uh, I discussed a little bit earlier, operation, uh, uh, transition systems program called Operation New Uniform. Uh, it's located here in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, their transition assistance program was all about teaching people uh, about their value and, that, and learning their new identity. Because once you strip away the military, the rank, you know, all the ribbons and medals, you know, who are you? You're, you're a father. You're a you know, hard worker. You're, what is your identity without the military? Um, and so that seriously brought up my self-confidence going into uh, job interviews. No longer was I desperate looking for a job, but I was confident looking for my next career. So I'm a huge uh, advocate for uh, military spouses because, you know, veterans have it hard enough, but, you know, military spouses are put way behind the eight ball. And my wife is a perfect example. Um, my wife decided to not pursue a career. Um, she, as of two days ago, just graduated from UCF um, with her bachelor's degree, you know, English and a minor in technical writing. Uh, you know, at, at, at the uh, age of 43, um, she had to put her, her education on hold uh, because of me and my military career. She's also, my wife just got accepted to the master's program at the University of Central Florida uh, for technical writing or technical communication. Um, you know, so my wife's a perfect example of somebody who didn't get to have a career. I, I know so many military spouses that unless they find the right company with the right job and they're moving around every two to three years, they're basically starting over. And there's companies out there that um, they see military spouse and they see short term employment ability. You know, so military spouses are struggling even more because at least with the, with the military, I can say, hey, 20 years, I've got experience in a million things. But what about all those military spouses out there that over 20 years, my wife was a homeschooler. Um, she had she was self-employed, so she worked, you know, when she wanted to work, you know, and she ran a house. And guess what? I was employed ten times. I, I missed nine years of my wife and family's life due to ten deployments, and I did three geo bachelor tours. You know, geo bachelor tours where my wife and kids stayed in one location, and I moved by myself to a different location. I, I did. Of the geo bashing, I did five and a half years alone. So the other four years was deployments, being overseas. You know, and, and even even to go even one step further, I am a huge advocate for female veterans as well, um, because 
it, it irritates me and annoys me that the average person just, if they see a man and a woman together and they think better, they immediately assume or thank the man. Um, when, you know, times have changed, you know, from, you know, the early 80s to the 90s to even now, like women make up a huge demographic, uh, a larger demographic of service, active service members um, than in the past. And they are under thanked, in my opinion. It, it just annoys me to see somebody go up to a man and say, hey, thank you for your service and find out, no, she's the veteran. You know, so people don't don't see the big big tattoos or the big muscles, and they just assume improperly. So I'm a huge advocate for females because guess what? I'm also a girl dad. I've got a 15 year old daughter who is an amazing pianist, and she's dual enrolled in college, and I couldn't be prouder of her. And I want to make sure that she has every opportunity to do anything she wants to do in life and never be, you know, held down. Hi, this is Sia, co-host at Innovation Calling Podcast here. I want to extend my gratefulness to all the men and women who have served our country. We've had the honor to highlight some amazing military leaders and learn how they've applied their experiences in civilian professional life. I'd like to give a shout out to retired Brigadier General Robert Spaulding on how the U.S. can be more innovative for the future of telco, and Jim Murph Murphy, founder of Afterburner, on using continuous business improvement through flawless execution. It's that kind of discipline and constant drive to be better that I see in most veterans. And let's be honest, from a business perspective, it is most profoundly appreciated. So thank you for your time, your sacrifice, and love for our country. Keep on being you and proudly pursue your dreams. You've got this. And thanks again. So my faith has always been something that's that's eased or calm my mind, um, knowing that you know the Lord is there for me. He always on my side. He always protected me. Uh, I can't tell you, that, you know, flying over land, Iraq, Syria, every flight I would pray, you know, to protect me, protect my crew, protect my friends. You know, make this a successful mission. You know, and and. It helps ease your mind when you, you feel or know that you know there's a higher power um, looking over you, you know, supporting you. Um, you know, and, and I've, I've always, when, when I brought Jesus into my life and accepted him as my Lord and Savior, it was a huge mental strain lifted off me, um, just in life in general. Uh, and, and so it's something I always go back to. You know, I'm not, I'm not the best at it. Um, I always strive to do better, but I've always found it extremely helpful, um, you know, because, you know, we talked about having a military network and support system, but going to my church, you know, I, I never really went to church on base. I did for a little bit on an Air Force base because uh, I was overseas. I was overseas. I was in another state. Um, but 
you know, if I ever needed anything, just somebody to talk to, bounce an idea off of. You know, I had people that were there uh, willing to help me uh, and to listen to me and have the patience, you know, and were my sounding boards. So that when I was when I was ecstatic or worried, you know, they were there to, you know, let me know. It's like, hey, that's not reality. This is reality. You know, this is what you've got and going forward. You know, and, and, and my wife is a huge advocate and she's she's grown up in church her whole life. And she's the one who pretty much brought me to God. And I couldn't have done it without her. I just want them to all know that, I mean, there's there's a large group of veteran service organizations that are available to help them. Um, you know, a perfect example is, is another one I, I work for and volunteer with is called Vets to Industry. Um, I mean, the entire job, you know, is, is networking and creating a tribe, you know, a like-minded tribe of people that were there to support each other. I might have never uh, served a day, you know, in the army or navy or at the same time with you but at the same time i know we both had commonalities we both been to a basic training camp we both serve we all know um a lot of the same things i don't care if it's a different service is that we've got a large community that is there to help each other um you know all it takes is you just reaching out you know whether you're about to be homeless you've got mental issues uh, you're looking for your next career or whatever the situation may be there's so many out there between you know you know, look at the city level, state, federal, VA, um, Wounded Warrior Project, you know, I could talk about vets to industry, um, you know, if you're looking for mentorship, Veterati, which is something a mentor on, um, you know, they're, they're just out there. And, and you have people like myself, you know, and, and one of my mentors, Bruce Thompson, you know, uh, a Marine who, you know, I, I we're just there available to help at, any, at the drop of a hat. No, so that's one of my featured posts. It was a post that actually went viral um, on LinkedIn. It was, it was talking about, uh, actually made that post, I wanna say about nine months ago. Um, and I was announcing, you know, that I, I Got my job at Bank America to the internship. I was thanking uh, several people that helped me with that job. Um, and, and, you know, if you want to spread the word, you know, I've found that if you spread good word 
uh, original content on, on LinkedIn, LinkedIn, you know, it would be amazed how much traction you got because that post alone, I'm just looking at it, got over 2,000 likes, over 300 comments, and it was viewed by over 200,000 uh, people's feeds. And all it was is me just announcing that I got my job in transition, uh, thanking several um, BSO organizations and a lot of people that, that I found that were key successes into my successful transition from the Navy to Bank of America. And, and that, outside of that, you know, I, I, I put up a post, you know, this is before I built up my network to where it is now. You know, if I get a thousand views, that's, a, that's, that's an average day. If I hit 10,000 views, you know, I, I've got some traction, but to see a post like that reach over 200,000 people, um, you know, completely blew me away. And it's all because of posting something positive. Yes. Definitely, definitely. And just just wait for an incredible uh, interview with Brian Arrington because he he created Vets Industry with those same feelings of not being able to know where resources are, and now he's created a, a website that has you know links to over thousands of uh, veteran resources. 